This is the Cinema for All podcast. The celebration of going to the cinema with Jack Chell and Abby Standish. Welcome to the Cinema for All podcast. We're your hosts, Jack Chell and Abby Standish. And we're part of the Cinema for All team. Welcome back to the podcast. We've actually not done a full length episode in a while because it's been Minnesota City, hasn't Minisode it? Minnesota City. Minnesota City. Can't breathe for Minnesota. No, I know. So this is the first time that you and I have sat down to have a good old film conversation in a while. Nice to see your face. You too. <laughs> see your face all the time. <laughs> but in this capacity. Indeed. So, um, so today we're actually going to have a bit of a roundup of the year and everything that we've been talking about uh, over the course of the podcast really we're going to look at the state of UK cinema at the moment we're going to talk about some box office stats and just see if things are getting better if people are actually going to the cinema and celebrating cinema in the way that we think they should be doing yeah yeah. So this is actually the last episode of the season. Uh, we are coming back. We're going to come back in June. We're going to have a little bit of a break, get our heads together, decide what's next, plan some interviewees, book in some special guests and come back with a bang. So Excellent. we're really excited. Um, we probably will have a couple of minisodes in the meantime, but this is probably the last from me and Abby until June. So have a safe summer. Yeah, we'll see you soon. <laughs> see some great films. Yeah. Um, but do go back and listen to those minisodes, Minisode City. There's been some really, really great ones. We've got an interview with Ali Abassi, who's the director of Border, which is a great Swedish film. Got one with Carol Morley, who's the fantastic director of Out of Blue. And one with Steve Sullivan for Being Frank, which is an absolutely brilliant British documentary. So go back and check those out. Really interesting bits and tidbits from those directors. We're really, really lucky to have them. So I hope you enjoy them. First, though, before we get into it, if you want to experience some great community cinema joy, go to our website, cinemaforall.org.uk. And if you want to know how to start your very own community cinema, get in touch. We will help you! But before we get into all that, let's look at what's coming out. So from the 19th of April onwards, we've got Greta. Oh, we've been looking forward to this one for... So excited. For some time. For some time. I've literally, everyone I know... I've asked them to watch the trailer and I've enjoyed watching them watch the trailer probably <laughs> as much or if not more than I'm probably going to enjoy the film. Mm, so this is Isabel Huppert and Chloe Grace Moretz. Yeah. And it's uh, it's kind of about female friendship, but it's a thriller. It's a little bit dark. I think if you liked Elle last year, you'd probably like this one. Um, I would actually recommend not watching the trailer. I think the trailer gives away like so much of the film. It's a, it's one of those ones where you're like, uh, is there anything going to be a surprise in this film? So yeah. maybe just watch the first 30 seconds of it and then put it to one side and go and watch the film instead. Agreed. What else have we got? We've got Red Joan as well. Yeah, got Judy Dench, Dame Judy. Judy. Dame Judy, patron saint of community cinemas. She absolutely is. So Red Jones about a spy who was undetected for 50 years. She was a Soviet spy. Is it based on a true story? It is. It is. And I'm really excited about it, actually. I think it'd be quite interesting. Mm. I like things about spies. <laughs> Bridge of Spies. Spy. spy who dumped me. Spy. You do like spy films. I do. I find it a really interesting part of looking at war or looking at kind of anything like surveillance, things yeah. like that. I find it, find it quite interesting. Mm. Producer Jay and I are a big fan of uh, anyone that's played a, an FBI agent. Anybody in a blazer. Yeah, anyone in a blazer, really. Yeah, yeah. if you want to belittle that down okay. to that. Okay. And there's a 4K restoration of The Goonies, which is coming out nationwide. It's pretty exciting. Big cult classic. Well, how do you feel about The Goonies? I don't know. I'm not a big Goonies fan. I think it's one of those ones that somehow passed me by. I think it's supposed to have been a big part of my childhood being an 80s gal, but it's just not. Yeah, I, I kind of came to it late as well. And it was okay. It's, it's not, not my fave. No, it's not my favourite, like, 
get the gang together and fight some baddies film of the 80s. Yeah, yeah. It's no Flight of the Navigator. Yeah. It's no Batteries Not Included. It's no Johnny Five. I think I don't like the Goonies at all. I like your library there, though. Your little 80s library. Um, It's kind of interesting that it's uh, probably for an anniversary, but Stranger Things is a little bit Goonies-esque. Yeah, that's probably so, why why people are like, yeah, we've got to re-release the Goonies, get yeah. on that Stranger Things bandwagon. And we also have Zsa Zsa Co's new film, Ash's Purest White. Mm. Looks really interesting. It's about a dancer who falls in love with a mobster and it's about a span of years, over six or seven years of them together. And just the trailer is so arresting. The cinematography looks amazing. And... He also did Mountains Made Apart, which I saw a few years ago. Mm. Really, really good. Um, very kind of slow burn, beautiful. It's like you're in a painting. Yeah. So I'm quite excited about that one. Mm. So now we're going to talk about what we've been watching. Mm. You always say, Abby, you go to the cinema more than me. But I'm going to put you on stage first. Oh, well, I've you? been. I have been. Yeah. <laughs> so I went to see Us. Yeah. Um, opening weekend when it came out because I loved Get Out mm. and I like Jordan Peele just as a person. Seems like a real great guy. He really does. Um, this Twilight Zone series that he's got coming up, I cannot wait for that. Like I love the original Twilight Zone episodes. So I'm interested to see them refreshed. I'm interested to see what he does with them because I think that both Get Out and Us are really great standalone movies. They're just really nicely tied up and well told so I think he'll do a great job with Twilight Zone but yeah I absolutely loved us um Lupita is incredible in it she's Mm -hmm. absolutely astonishing I'm not going to give things away but she basically plays um two different types of person Mm -hmm. um and excellently both both times like she should be nominated for things I don't know whether this is one of those things where it came out too early before award season so when we come around to award season next um February March people might have forgotten about it but to me it was an incredible performance yeah definitely I feel like it's a performance of a role we've not really seen her in before mm. um yeah really really thought she made the film um, yeah. it was really really enjoyable I think I preferred Get Out but they're very different films yeah uh, but Us was a definitely an amazing cinematic experience I yeah. screamed yeah it's very lot. it's very very scary <laughs> he's got a great supporting cast as well Winston Duke as the husband is fantastic really funny it's yeah. got Tim Heidecker in it it's got Elizabeth Moss in it so good it's really really great cast so I'm just I'm just really excited about George Peel. I think he's a great filmmaker and he's making the kind of horror films that that weren't being made, you know, quality great cinema, yeah. not just sort of cheap jump cuts. Um so I'm yeah, I'm excited to follow whatever he does next. Definitely. Anything else? It's all mid nineties. Um which is the new film, it's actually Jonah Hill's directorial debut and it's set in the mid nineties and it's about a kid who um he wants to become a skater. He wants to kind of ingratiate himself with the cool skate kids who hang out in a skate shop. Um, he's raised by a single mom who's played by Catherine Waterston, who's from Fantastic Beasts. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, and it's good. I liked it. It's got very strong, uh, this is England vibes. Um, very, very strong, this is England vibes. Yeah. But I think it's interesting. It's shot quite nicely. You can tell that he's, you know, a filmmaker in progress. I don't think he's... Um, He's, he's had quite a lot of like laudits for this, but I don't think it's quite there yet. But I am interested to see what he does next. I think kind of if he's on a journey where he wants to be more of a director than an actor, then then some interesting things are going to come out of him. But I will say, 
um, I read something where it said that he the one thing that he'd showed to his cast was this is England. Right. And I was like, yeah, I know. Interesting. So you can see the kind of influence. Yeah. Right. Intriguing. Mm. There seems to be a skenaissance at the moment, which I've just thought of now. A bit of a skating. A what? Skenaissance. <laughs> I was like, like what? a skateboarding what does renaissance. That mean? No, like, you're right. Skate everywhere, kitchen. like in film and everything else, but skate kitchen, mine in the gap. Yeah. Mid 90s. And in real life, like I've seen a lot of people skating. My husband just broke his wrist skating. So. Yeah, exactly. Everybody be skating. Everybody be skating. And I've been watching stuff at home as well. You know, I like my documentaries. One thing that I've been quite interested at the moment is the Theranos scandal, which is uh, something that happened in America. Um, there's a entrepreneur called Elizabeth Holmes, and she dropped out of Stanford and she set up her own sort of Silicon Valley tech company that would revolutionize the way that people's blood was drawn. So instead of having a vial of blood drawn, you'd have a teeny tiny pinprick and then they could perform 200 different tests and find out anything from if you had just um, a virus to if you had cancer. And she said that they would be able to find this out in you know, a Walmart, the equivalent of a Boots. Um, and it turns out it was a massive fraud and this technology didn't exist. And Yeesh. she was, she had a multi-billion dollar funded company um, and all sorts of very, very high profile investors and board members like Henry Kissinger. And it was a humongous scandal, humongous scandal. Um, so there's a podcast about it called The Dropout, if anybody's into that. And Alex Gibney, who's the filmmaker who made uh, Going Clear, the Scientology doc, he's made a documentary about it too. So it's called uh, Out for Blood Whoa. in Silicon Valley. Um, and it's pretty good. It's really interesting. I think I really enjoyed it. Um, Coming off the back of our documentary episode, you know, we talked about Errol Morris quite a lot. Yeah, and, and the Interatron. Interatron. Yeah. I can't believe it's actually called that. It's a terrible name for something. But that, that technique where a subject is looking like deep into the camera lens and they look like they're looking at you and it kind of evokes honesty. Well, Errol Morris was hired by Elizabeth Holmes and Theranos to basically make a promotional film and he used the Interatron. Um, and there's all this footage in the Alex Gibney doc from this. I think it really puts the ethics of Errol Morris up for debate, to be honest, mm. and that he uses something that's supposed to make you as a viewer really believe in somebody and feel that they're really truthful. And he's just basically using it for a promotional film for something that turned out to be a massive fraud that was actually really harmful to people's health. Um, so, yeah, I, I particularly enjoyed that and the the, the the usage of the Interatron off the back of everything we talked about in the documentary episode. Yeah, that is intriguing. Mm. It's not where you think it'd end up. No, but I did read today, actually, that, that the Theranos story... First of all, it's going to be turned into a Jennifer Lawrence movie directed by Adam McKay. Whoa. Second of all, a six-parter starring Kate McKinnon, only your favourite... Oh my god! Yeah, people are, people are obsessed. Oh yeah, I saw that on IMDb today. Yeah, people are obsessed with what? Elizabeth Holmes right now. It's it's a uh, it's a lot. It's a super super interesting story, um, but that's taking it quite far. It's thinking that it's got a lot of mileage, and I think it's because she's a a female entrepreneur and a female fraudster, mm. um, alleged, and <laughs> um, whereas. Perhaps if, if it was if it was a man, I think people would find it less interesting. I think they find it kind of more complicated and more co complex that she's a woman. But honestly, I could talk about the Theranos scandal for days. So tell me what you've been seeing. That's so interesting. I, I also saw Us, thought it was we great. 
scared, very scared. Don't really see horror films, so that really got me. Are you not a horror fan? Well, I do. I do like them, but they don't like me. Mm. Uh, I can't get them out of my head for a long, long time. So, mm. not really new horror, but like old horror yeah, is yeah. quite, quite. I do quite like. Mm. Uh, but again, Jordan Peele, I just find such um, an enigmatic filmmaker, mm. and I just want to see everything he does. Yeah. <laughs> um, but I loved Out of Blue, which I saw. Oh, yes. Um, before we interviewed Karen Morley, and I just thought it was really, really good. It kind of made me reminiscent of kind of I, when I was growing up, I used to love watching kind of thrillers and kind of mm. pol- police cop dramas, but it's much more than that out of blue, and it had a nice uh, element to it. So I definitely recommend that. Great mm. to see Patricia Clarkson. Yeah, and go back on and screen. listen to that min- minisode as yeah, well. Yeah, she was great to talk to. And I saw Ideal Home, which was a Netflix uh, film. Yeah. Starring Paul Rudd. And I've seen this advertised. Yeah, I'm going to watch Coogan. it. Yeah, it's okay. Mm. Sofiane Stevens does the soundtrack, so that's oh. nice. And, you know, they're really good at their characters I feel like but it was just kind of like it's a nice little Sunday like four o'clock or after a big lunch that's nice I yeah. like that your film recommendations come with the specific time that you're going to enjoy that the best yeah. like, it's a Thursday night film <laughs> maybe at half past seven after you've yeah. had your tea yeah <laughs> um, and I also saw Eighth Grade yeah yeah which is Bo Burnham's um who's a, who's a comedian and it's his directorial debut mm. about a young girl going through eighth grade which is the equivalent of year nine in the UK yeah horrible horrible time terrible year nine. time what are you like 14 yeah growing into your teeth or I horrible was. fringe <laughs> yeah like there's nothing you can do it just always yeah it's a lot it's a bad time um, which is kind of what this is about um and she's a YouTuber, isn't she's she? She's a YouTuber as well, which Bo Burnham started out as. Oh. And so there's that nice kind of uh, parallel there. Uh, it's a sweet movie and I think it would be nice for kind of dads and daughters or families to go see it maybe. Um, it was quite cute. And I also saw Captain Marvel. Oh, I meant to go and see that and I think I've missed it. I thought that that might be the Marvel for me. Yeah, me too. It's, it's set in the 90s. Mm. She's got a cat. Mm. It's Brie Larson. Female led boxes tick. Yeah, it's, I'm kind of getting some like female Top Gun vibes from it. Oh yeah, which okay. fairly enjoyed. Um, you know, it was it was a hero movie still yeah. with all those lovely aspects to it. Um, so I do think it is the one for you if you are going to see it. Um, but yeah, it was enjoyable and I wanted to support Brie Larson and opening weekend to just make sure those stats are good. Yeah, we like Brie Larson. Yeah, we do. So today we're going to talk about um, cinema going in the UK at the moment. So the whole theme of this podcast that we've been doing has been about a celebration of going to the cinema, why it's important to go to the cinema, not just watch things at home, not just watch things on your phone, to share a cinematic experience. And um, I think it's actually been a pretty good year for cinema. I think people are doing it. I think people are going out to the cinema and spending money and sharing films. Like it's on the up and up, right? You think and write, Jack. Oh. Let's hit you with some stats. I love stats. So admissions are higher than they've been in the last 10 years, according to the UK Cinema Association. Really? Which provides some interesting facts again on that website. Yeah. So for 2018, there were 177 million admissions in cinemas. That's a lot. That is a lot. That's a lot. Mm. And that's the most it's been in the last 10 years. It kind of fluctuates between 160, 150 million admissions. Um, So that's a good sign. Yeah. Would you hedge a guess about what year, from 1935 to now, was... The highest amount of tickets sold in that year? I would guess post-war. That's a big time. 
You guess right. In there? You guess right. So it's 1946 after the kind of post-war time. Oh, hello. I know everybody's, you know, can relax a moment yeah. and enjoy the cinema. And they were packed. 1.64 billion tickets That's sold. crazy. That's a huge amount. But then, you know, no telly. So why is it that more people are going to the cinema this year, do you think? I think it's there is just more films mm. coming out. There's like, you know, 17 films a week, which is such a huge increase compared to even just 10 years ago. Mm. But I also think there's more cinemas yep. and there's there's more choice to, to enjoy. Yeah. Um, and I think that also, but also because of the input of hero films and those kind of follow-on films, that have built a fan base. I think that makes people, lots of people go to the cinema. Right. So once you've seen one Marvel film, you've kind of got to see them all. You're like, you're like in. Yeah, it has a buy-in and it has such a huge support. And obviously it has um, other media bases. It's got TV shows. It's got comic books. It, it's it's huge. Yeah. And I think like, I also think it's the one like families end up going to see. This is like me anecdotally speaking. I just feel like mm. that's the one, that's the big box office summer hit that you're going to do you want cinema trip in. Yeah. Have you got a list there of films um, that came out this year that everybody went to see? I do. Good. So the top 10 UK films of 2018, box office wise, mm. were number one, Avengers Infinity War. Two, Mamma Mia, Here We Go Again, which is a sequel. Three, Incredibles 2, sequel. Four, Black Panther, the start of a it's series. A yeah. yeah. Uh, five, Bohemian Rhapsody, biopic. biopic. Six, Jurassic World, sequel. sequel. Seven, Peter Rabbit. Biopic? He's <laughs> <laughs> a well-to-do rabbit. Uh, eight, The Greatest Showman. Biopic. Biopic, yeah. Nine, Fantastic Beast. Sequel. Sequel. And ten, Deadpool 2. Sequel. Sequel. So Bit of a they're trend all there. kind of hero films, and if not, they're a biopic. Yeah. Sequel, biopic, hero film. Okay. Yeah. That's not very exciting. No, and you know what? That's the trend for the last kind of five years, if not a lot more. So in 2014, it was The Hobbit, uh, The Battle of the Five Armies, mm. Paddington, The Lego Movie, In Between His Two, Dawn of the Planet of the Apes, The Hunger Games Mockingjay Part 1, Guardians of the Galaxy, X-Men Days of Future Past, How to Train Your Dragon 2, and The Amazing Spider-Man 2. Okay, so everybody's going to the cinema to see the same old stuff that they've... Uh They've already seen. They just want to see it again. So that's not very encouraging to me. I like that people are going out to the cinema, but it doesn't seem like they're seeing loads and loads of different stuff. But, you know, it's not all doom and gloom. There's a lot of really great independent films that got released this year, a lot of great foreign language films. I thought award season was great. And one thing that I think is happening across the board is representation is finally getting better. It's certainly not good. Yeah. <laughs> it's certainly not there. We're not going to pretend that it is. But I think it's getting better. I think there's a lot of um, demand from audiences to see films made by women of colour, people of colour, more female filmmakers, stories from people all around the world, stories of people who look different to them, stories of people that look like you. And I think we're finally starting to see that. I actually think that Netflix have got a little bit to do with that because I think that Netflix have done a really great job of casting diverse di directors, uh, casting diver diverse cast. Mm -hmm. um, a lot of things that were hosted on Netflix didn't make it into the cinema. And I think there's been such a great 
um, response from audiences that those films then, you know, they, they get in cinematic releases or those directors might get a cinematic release for their next film. So I think that streaming in that way is done, done as a service because it's put pressure on the industry to do the right thing with regards to diversity inclusion and just making better stories, more stories out there that are told from different perspectives and by more types of people. I completely agree. I think that's definitely what it's done. I think it's given a, a voice to so many different people yeah. and it cannot be ignored. Whereas when a voice is given in the cinema, it might be just one or two that come out that year or that month that are different to the mainstream in terms of the casting or the director. Yeah. And then it kind of all kind of blows away like it never happened and we start from square one. Yeah. Whereas I think because you can't ignore Netflix and its popularity and the fact that we're all kind of enamoured by its content to a degree, that, that hasn't had an effect on cinema as well. So even those films we just talked about there that were the top 10 UK box office, yes, they are all mainstream, but even they have more diversity going on. Not saying it's all the best representation of it, yeah. but I do think there are positive steps coming coming along. Captain Marvel, for example, yeah. was co-written by a woman and think co-directed as well. Um, black Panther as well, making sure that mm. more black stars are on screen and yeah. black directors. Yeah. So these are really good things. I mean, we've got the Bohemian Rhapsody biopic. I haven't watched it. I've heard that maybe it's not the best accurate mm. representation of Freddie Mercury's sexuality, but there's a film about him. It's there. And so I guess there are some headway, like you say, we're not there at all with where we want to be, hopefully, but I think there's yeah. there's a nice big change. I think the social media, for all of its evils, um, has got something to play there. I think that um, people are more aware of what's coming out and who's been making things and who's been making the decisions. And if there's some dodge decisions there, so maybe, you know, if a, if Black Panther had been directed by a white guy, if they just hired a white guy, social media would have clocked that and they would have called them out on it. So it's kind of holding Hollywood a little bit more to account um, and also just proving that there's an audience for films like this um, and that those films they make huge amounts of money Black, Black Panther made an absolute fortune Get Out made an absolute fortune yeah. Us is like one of the biggest um, opening weekends for a horror film ever so I think people are finally starting to realise unfortunately I think it's only just happening now that the money's rolling in that people are actually doing something about it and that's a shame that we've had to wait until then but yeah, I'm hopeful. I think that things are getting a bit better and we'll get to see more diverse and interesting stories in years to come. Me too. So, Abby, I know you've got your little fact sheet there. <laughs> um, ticket prices, what are they looking like at the moment? So, the average ticket price in the UK is about £7.22. That seems cheaper than I pay. Me too. Mm. Like, I wonder if that's based on the fact that there are a lot of initiatives of discounts like for uh, OAPs or if you're younger or if you come at a certain time it's like five quid or six quid yeah. instead. But if we went tonight to any cinema yeah. pretty much yeah. um, at the age that we are I think it would be between eight and nine pounds between eight and ten pounds. I think I'd be paying five. like nine pound fifty if I went to the cinema yeah. tonight. Yeah. Definitely. So and that's Sheffield. We're not Londoners. Exactly, <laughs> exactly. And Yorkshire like things cheap. Yeah. So um, I think, yeah, I'm not sure. Obviously, that is a statistic, but it I is, wonder yeah, what it's based on. That starts from the BFI statistical yearbook. And I think this, because it's an average, there's probably somebody somewhere that's, that's making gloriously cheap 
cinema tickets and bringing that average right down. But yeah, that feels low just based on experience. And obviously in London, you can be paying 13, 14, 15 pound a ticket. Um, a big, big trend at the moment is kind of luxurious cinemas, boutique cinemas, mm. where you pay an awful lot for a slightly fancier seat, but probably a not great screen. Yeah. But community cinemas, as we know, are probably the cheapest place for you to go and see a film in the UK. You might go and see it um, a little bit later than you would go and see it at a, a, a big, big cinema, but you get to see it in a community setting, maybe get a slice of cake. Producer Jay, can we have a drum roll for the price of a uh, community cinema ticket? £4, 8 pence. That's so good. That's you can barely get your lunch for that. I know. And the thing that I like about it is that it's cheap enough for you to experiment a little bit. Yes. So if you're paying £10 a ticket, I'd like to know that that's going to be a good film. I don't want to waste my tenner. There's other things that I would like to spend my tenors on. Um, <laughs> but if it's that cheap, I'll take a little risk on something and I'll go more often. So I would like to see tickets closer to that price. I would like to see them closer to 722. I don't think I've seen, I've paid 722 to go to the cinema since maybe 2010. Mm. So that would be nice if it, that's the average, please. Yeah, I do think there is a correlation between price and experimentation with yeah. what you're going to see. Definitely. The of going to the cinema. Yeah. I would go more often if it was cheaper. Yeah, when I was growing up, it was a treat. I went like a few times a year if that and that you know with different family members from different wallets Mm. (laughs) but when I was a student and I could go to the cinema for this is gonna make me sound very old two pound twenty on a Monday and Tuesday whoa just sitting there all day I would not go to uni and I would sit in the (laughs) cinema all day and just watch a bunch of stuff because it was cheap enough that I I could definitely So it does seem like a lot of people out there in the population want to see superhero films and biopics and and all that kind of jazz. Um, But a lot of people want to see independence. A lot of people want to see foreign language films as well. And you see that reflected in what community cinemas are actually screening as well. So Abby, facts. So facts. So the top three films screened by community cinemas in 2018 were A Man Called Uva, Lion and Hidden Figures. Ooh. All biopics. They are all biopics. Yeah. That's bonkers. Yeah. Really so, good ones, though. I loved Hidden Figures. Yeah. And I loved Lion. I haven't seen a man called And none of them are sequels. And none of them are superhero movies. So And the representation's pretty decent. Yeah, I'm happy yeah. with that. Well done, Community Cinemas. You did a great job. You did a great job. The year previously, it was Mustang. Ah. A Bridge Called Spies. A Bridge Called Spies? <laughs> this is a Bridge Called... The Bridge You Dumped Me. Yeah. <laughs> The Bridge of Spies and I, Daniel Blake. That's a nice mix too, actually. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Got a nice British one, mm. a little bit of a Tom Hanks, Coen Brothers do, mm. and Mustang, I think, is the real winner there for me. Do you know, it keeps coming back to ticket price for me, though, because I think that um, the rest of the population will be more interested in seeing those sorts of films and taking a chance on those sorts of films. It was a bit more accessible, a bit cheaper for them to go, and it didn't feel like such a special occasion that you have to spend quite a lot of money on. It's expensive to go to a commercial cinema, to go to a Cineworld, somewhere like that. So uh, everybody go and find your nearest community cinema and give give a film a go there instead. Yeah. Greeted with some cake. (laughs) 
I've absolutely loved doing this podcast. Oh, me too, Abby. I'm excited for the next series and what it'll bring. But I hope everyone's enjoyed what we've put out so far. We'd love your feedback. And if you could rate our reviewers on iTunes, that would be incredible. It yeah. really helps people find the podcast. That's it. Apparently, that's the thing. Or come and talk to us on Twitter. We've got a Twitter handle, which is at Pod. Come and have a chat with us about film whilst we've got our little downtime. Downtime. Downtown. Downtown. Until we're back in June. But for now, it's time to roll credits. Producer, Jay Platt. Logo designed by Lydia Lipinski at Thoughts Make Things. Hosted by Jack Chell and Abby Standish. With thanks to Deborah Parker and Sheffield Live. And all you lot, you lovely bunch. Aww. The Cinema Fraud podcast is supported by the BFI, awarding funds from the National Lottery. Thank, Thank you. you.